Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, we are church together. And where we are gathered in Jesus' name, he promised that he would be with us also. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said that where two or three of you are gathered together, there I am among you also. Well, where is there? He said, there I am among you, so where is there? Well, there is wherever two or three are gathered. And, and where are we supposed to gather? Well, Jesus said that we are gathered not in a place. It wasn't a place that he said to gather. He gave us a condition. He said, where you are gathered in my name. And church, let us gather this morning. Let us praise the Lord and worship Him because it doesn't matter where in the world that you are, if you're on, in your living room, on your couch, or, or if we're in a big building celebrating God together. As long as we go to the Lord in soul and in spirit, we are gathered in His name and He is with us. If you're home right now, and most of you are, if you're watching on Facebook or on, on YouTube, stay around with us. Don't Don't scroll, stick around, uh, don't click away. Let's honor this time together to worship God together. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Will you join me in that? Will you, will you pause just for a few minutes to uh, worship this morning with me and, and take time to, to glorify our Savior Jesus Christ? You know, Psalm 69.30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. So join me now. Let us lift His name together. Our risen Savior who conquered death, He conquered hell and the grave. Jesus Christ, our God and King. Lord, I lift Your name on high. You know, Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. It is good to sing the praises of God. It is good to sing them wherever you are. So my sincerest thanks to our, our worship team for coming in and recording those things for us. Would you join me in a word of prayer this morning before we go into God's Word? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we lift you high. We lift your name high, and we celebrate today as we do every day our risen Savior, Christ our King. Thank you, Father, for sending him to be the propitiation for our sins, for being the final sacrifice to make us one with you. Thank you for that he has risen from the dead and that he sits on his throne and that he is in control and that we can serve him with gladness and with joy because of our sure and solid foundation that you have given us in him. Lord, I pray that you humble us to your word this morning. Let it be light and life to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans chapter 10. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. It's a really short verse, but all of you know it. Romans 10, 17. The Apostle Paul writes, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of God. So... That's it. That's the scripture for today. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God. So, it's not what you hear, though. It's not that you hear. It's not even because you hear. You, you have faith. A lot of people hear, and they don't have faith. A lot of people hear, 
and they don't believe. It's that hearing is the conduit through which faith is born. If faith is going to come, if you are going to believe with saving faith that Jesus Christ is the Savior and that you are in need of a Savior and that you are a desperate sinner who needs to be reconciled with God, if you are going to believe that truth, you are going to have to hear it first. Faith is born out of hearing. Not everyone that hears believes, but everyone that believes has heard. And it's not just hearing anything either, you know. You, I mean, there's all kinds of truth out there, but there's not all kinds of saving truth. Not all kinds of things that will save you if you believe them. You have to hear the right thing. It's hearing the gospel. Only the gospel, only the power, the gospel of God has the power and the potential to give life to faith. The Word of God does that. The Word of God is alive and powerful, and it pierces into your soul. You know, in Romans chapter 1, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And then in chapter 10 of Romans, he says, How then will they call on him who have not believed? And how do they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how do they hear without someone preaching? Faith, real saving faith, comes by hearing the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, these are some different times that we're in. And, uh, you know, we don't always, we're not able to gather the way that we would like to. But that does not remove from us our responsibility to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. I want to take you to a story about someone who heard the gospel and received life-giving faith through what she heard. In the book of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 45, I believe, we see the story of the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. You know, Jesus was on his way, and he had to go through Samaria. And he was tired, the Bible says, and so he stopped at the well that Jacob had dug and he sat down to rest. It was about the middle of the day and the disciples, they went on into the town to, to gather some food to bring it back for them to eat. And while Jesus was waiting and resting, a woman came to the well to draw water. And Jesus, being the Jesus that he is, he said to her, why don't you give me a drink? And she was surprised by this because Jesus is a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And she said, how is it that you who are a Jew are asking me, a Samaritan, to give you a drink? Because the Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans. You guys don't like us and we don't like you. We're not, we're not compatible. But Jesus, in all of his compassion and in all of his grace, he stopped her dead in, his, in her tracks and he said, with love, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you, give me a drink. I, I got to stop right there. See, those are the same thing. If you knew the gift of God and who is asking, the gift of God is the one who is asking. If you knew the gift of God, if you knew me, you would be asking me for a drink. And if I gave you a drink, you would never thirst again because I have living water 
And she's, she's intrigued by this, because this, this doesn't make sense to her. She still thinks they're talking about water. She even asks him, where is your bucket? Are you greater than our, our, our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How are you going to get this water? Where can I get this living water so that I won't ever be thirsty again and I don't ever have to come back to this well to draw out this water? See, this whole time she's been talking with Jesus. He's been having a conversation with her. He's been engaging her on an intellectual level, but it's all been on her periphery. It's not until it gets personal that things start to get real for her. So she asks Jesus. He, he, he piques her curiosity. He talks about this living water. He's a Jew. She's a Samaritan. The whole situation is weird for her because they're not supposed to be talking. And, and Jesus is talking about this strange water. Well, show me this water. And what does Jesus say? Okay, go get your husband and I'll show you this water. And she is stopped. She's stunned by it. She said, I don't have a husband. See, Jesus went straight to the core of her need. She thinks she's talking about thirst. She thinks they're talking about satisfying a bodily, physical quench, a bodily, physical need. But Jesus went to what she really needed. Okay, I've got you. You, you want this water, this living water that I have. Go and get your husband. And that's where she confesses to him, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus steps it up a notch. He gets even deeper into the well of her life. And he says, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the husband that you have now isn't really your husband. And she is stunned by this. She cannot believe what she's heard. She says, I perceive that you're a prophet. And then they start talking about this stuff on the mountain and, and how... Um, how they worship on the mountain and how the Jews worship in the temple. And Jesus sets her straight on that. And he says the hour is coming and now is when we need to worship God in spirit. And I'm reminded of the circumstance that we're all in right now. We can't gather in our normal gathering place. But God is looking for people to worship him in spirit. And so let's worship him in spirit. We can do that and still be church. For God seeks those who worship him in spirit. He tells her about her life. He gets straight to her sin and to her need for a Savior. And that right there, it's not, it wasn't the conversation she had about the well or the water. It was right there where he said, you don't even have, you don't have a husband. You've had five. He went straight to her sin and she realized for the first time she needed a Savior. And saving faith was born. She heard Jesus convicting her. That's what the Spirit does. He is sent to convict us of our sin. Not so that we can be condemned, but so that we can recognize that we are in desperate need of saving. How can anyone call out to a Savior if they don't realize they need to be saved? And that's what he did for her. He pointed to her need for salvation. That wasn't a hateful thing to do. That wasn't a judgmental thing to do. That was a loving, kind, merciful thing to do. It is a mercy when the Holy Spirit convicts us. It is a mercy when we read his word and we realize that we're not living up to it. His word isn't being judgmental to us, though he has every right to judge us. He's not doing that. He is trying to show us our desperate need for the gift he's already given. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking you, you would have asked me for a drink. If we had any clue 
what He has done for us and how much we needed His precious gift. We would be on our knees every day thanking Him for it. Thank you, Jesus, for this precious gift. She heard, and it was personal. I just I can't emphasize that enough. She had a peripheral understanding, a peripheral experience with Him around this well. It wasn't until it became personal that saving faith was born in her. And this is where we're at with the world at large, those who don't know Christ. We have to invite them in to make it become personal with us. Faith comes by hearing. We need to be, we need to be preachers of the gospel, every one of us, to bringing people into a relationship with Christ so that he can make it personal with them. I want to take you somewhere else too. If you scroll down in John, you'll see where we get to the resurrection of Jesus. Saturday, Friday was a bad day. They crucified our Lord. The disciples were dispersed. They were scared. The Bible says on Saturday, which was the Sabbath day, they rested. They were huddled in their homes. They were afraid of the Jews, those who were coming to, to get them, those who had crucified Christ. There was open hostility toward them. There was a lot of fear going on. And so they huddled in their homes and they obeyed the Lord on His Sabbath commandment to rest. They didn't go out and, and work. They didn't, they didn't go and, and gather all their, their supplies to get out of town. They, they stayed in their homes and they rested. And it was a sad and solemn time. And then Sunday morning, we see in the book of John that Mary gets up and she goes to the tomb of Jesus to anoint him with spices so that he will uh, be honored. She wants to honor him. She loved Jesus. She loved him with a, a, a great love, a saving love. She valued him. She treasured him to her salvation. And so her Savior is lying in a tomb. She saw him on a, hung on a cross. She saw them beat him. She saw him die. She saw them take him down. She saw them wrap him up and put him in a grave. And it's been three days, and she's going to the grave on the third day, expecting to see him there. And she doesn't see him there. The stone is rolled away, and there is no body in the tomb. She, she's frantic. She kind of panics, and she says, Where have you taken him? Where, where is my Lord? Where is he gone? Where have they taken him? And then as she's getting ready to leave, she sees who she thinks is a gardener. She didn't realize who he was until he spoke her name. He spoke into her life on a personal level just by saying her name. And she recognized the voice of her Savior. She heard. Faith comes by hearing. He said, Mary. And at that moment, she recognized him and she fell to his feet and worshipped him. She knew this was her Savior, risen from the grave. She should have always known. But sometimes, sometimes life happens and, and things cloud and, and the situation is dire. Maybe it's not even dire. Maybe... Maybe it's not a grief thing like what she was dealing with. Maybe you, you've just been doing this for so long and it's just gotten common. And you've just kind of gone through the motions anymore. You've forgotten your first love. You don't remember His voice and how beautiful it is and how much He loves you and, and He wants to, to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you. 
Not one where you go through the motions, not, not one where you just do sacrifices. He wants obedience and love from you. Maybe your, your heart or your eyes of your faith have been clouded by grief. You've lost a lot. She had lost a lot. Lost so much she couldn't recognize the Lord standing in front of her, who she had just spent the last years of her life with, worshiping at His feet. She loved Him, and she couldn't recognize Him until He spoke her name. See, God, God wants to get personal with you, just like He got personal with the woman at the well. He wants to get personal with you. Faith is, is great, it, but you don't have saving faith until God gets personal with you. You have to hear. He spoke her name, she heard, and her faith was reborn and reignited. The woman at the well, when Jesus told her all she had ever done, and then He said, I am the Messiah, she was so excited about it, she ran into the town and told everyone in the town, Come see a man who has told me everything I've done. Can it be that this is the Christ? When Mary saw Jesus and it was revealed to her who He was. When He said, Mary, He spoke her name in that tender way that He had done so many times. And she heard and believed. She could not contain. She ran and told the other disciples, The Lord has risen. And this is cause for great joy. And I want to tell you today, you have cause for great joy. Because the Lord has risen. Like I said last week, Christ is on His throne. It doesn't matter what happens, what the world throws at us, quarantine or not jobs or not, health or not. Christ is on His throne. The Lord has risen. That is enough to rejoice. We ought to rejoice and be glad in that this is the day that the Lord has made. What a wonderful, beautiful day to have an Easter service. God is risen and He is on His throne. I just wonder how long it's been since you've had that personal conversation with Him, since you've got into His Word and let faith come alive in your heart again. If it's been a while for you, you know, we don't have to come to the church building. And, and in fact, because we can't come to the church building, now it's even more pressed upon you that you, sh you need to be doing this in your own home. Make this a part of your life. Commune with God. You can have a peripheral experience with Him like, like Mary, the woman at the well did while, while they were just talking about the water. Or you can have a personal relationship with Him which will radically transform your life and radically change your perspective. Come what may, God is on His throne. All glory to God. I love you. Let me pray for you. Father, I love these people, and I'm so grateful that you have sent them to this church. I love the family that you've given us in Family Worship Center. And I lift each and every one of them up for you right now, Lord. I pray that you speak into their lives directly that you show them a deep and personal relationship that you want to have with them. And everyone who would hear my voice, I know this is going out on the internet, Father, and I know that those people who don't even come to our church are probably going to hear this. I pray that you speak into their lives. Not that you're just on the periphery, Lord, but that you get deep and personal with them to show them how much you love them and how desperately we are in need of a Savior. And not just our desperate need, but that you are risen and that you have conquered and that we can rejoice in you. I thank you, Father, for it. Keep us all safe. And we await with eagerness the day when we can gather together physically again. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
Guys, I love you. Listen, uh, it's Sunday. Don't forget, you can give online to give your tithes and your offerings. Um, we want to be faithful to God in our giving. So take advantage of that. Many of you drop your, your tithes off by the church, and we, we appreciate you for that. I'm praying that God bless you in a mighty way as you are faithful and you continue to be faithful in your service to Him. Do not let this time go by. If you, there's someone that you have not spoken to in a while because we have not been at church, I challenge you to make some phone calls. Connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is all about community. It's all about being personal. We have a personal Jesus, and He called us into a personal covenant with one another. So exercise that. Call somebody you haven't talked to in a while just to encourage them, check up on them and how they're doing. I've made some, some phone calls and text messages this week myself just to, just to try to stay connected. We need to be even more diligent with that. So I love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.